So good to be here, and it's a brand new month, and I don't know about you, but man, 2020 has been an eventful year, but a year, not only that, it has flown by. We are in the month of June, and what that means is we have a brand new series, and I have the opportunity to open up this brand new series, but um, our pastors, we prayed very hard for our summer series, and as we were praying and seeking God, uh, the direction of the church of where we want to go, as God was speaking to us as our pastors, is that no better way to be able to, the things that we're facing and what we're challenging right now in our society, in our community, we're going to cover the book of Revelations. Uh, how many love the book of Revelations? Now, I know many of you read it because a lot of people who read books, you always read the end of the book before you read the beginning of the book. And we want to see how our life is going to end and if we're going to make it to heaven. But what's so interesting that what we're going to be talking about these next uh, couple of weeks, we're going to be covering the seven churches. And we're going to be looking at the seven churches out of the book of Revelations. The book of Revelation is about loving Jesus and about loving the church. It's all about the church and how we love God, how we care about God. Despite the, the, the things that John had to go through, he is the author of this, of the book of Revelations. And Jesus redirects John from his sufferings uh, to the churches. And uh, he, Jesus begins to tell him about about all of the things that he sees that we are supposed to, as a church, to worship God publicly, privately, and Jesus begins to bring instruction to the church in the seven churches, and what we're going to be looking at for the next uh, couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at seven secrets of growth and change. And today, what I want to minister on today, I want to speak to you on the subject of, of the very first church that Jesus talks about, is what Jesus says to a busy church. Now, everyone in our lives, we don't like change, am I right? We have been through so much change in the last several weeks. There is change in our lives, change where so much takes place in our lives, and it puts a hold on us where, where we don't like change. People don't like change. And when all this took place, a change took place in our culture. When this all took place, change took place the way that we, uh, the way that we shopped, the way that we, we did certain things. Uh, and a lot of us had a lot of heartburn how this change took place. I mean, some of us are still dealing with change uh, about the mask and uh, no more toilet paper, no more paper towels. Uh, I mean, uh, and, and, and just when you you start to get a hang of this change another change takes place curfew i mean it's like okay i got this down pack i know how to go to the markets i know when to go to the drive-thrus uh, but now i mean you put a curfew and wiener schnitzel is closed because there's a curfew at six o'clock I mean, how do you just close Wiener Schnitzel? Then you go to Taco Bell and you call Taco Bell, they're closed. Then you try to call all the other restaurants and they're all closed. And that's when you got to go in the refrigerator and make something and dirty everything. 
change. We don't like change. But we know as you begin to look out through the word of God, we begin to look where change is something that God wants us to do in our lives. And that's growth. And us as a church, I want to tell you that as all this change has taken place in our lives and all this change has taken place in the churches, not only our church but across the world, and the change that took place in our church, I want to tell you that it has shooken some people and it has strengthened some people. And if you have adapted to the change and adapted to what God was trying to do in this pandemic and all of these things that was taking place, your faith is getting stronger. But if you went away from the change, your faith probably got a little weaker. And I want to challenge you here today because as I begin to think about change in our lives, change is good. But we don't like change. And what we begin to look at here is uh, that God loves us very much. He cares about us so much. Jesus loves us uh, to the very point of our lives that no matter what you do, no matter what sin or whatever you have uh, did in your life, he loves you. He cares about you. And even when you give your life over to Jesus, he loves you. Jesus loves you even if you just sit in a chair. Jesus loves you even if you just come to church. Jesus loves you. But here's the thing that Jesus loves more about our lives is that if we adapt to change and say, God, change my life from the inside out. Use me in every possible way in my life. And when you ask God to change you, when you ask God for more in your life, he shifts some things in your life. And change takes place. In 1996, a Nobel Prize winner recipient said these words when he said his speech he said the opposite of love is not hate it's indifference the opposite of success is not failure it's indifference the opposite of life is not death it's indifference indifference uh, is living a life uncommitted of uh, uh, indifference life where you're just gazing through life it's almost like when you go to a restaurant uh, any of you like appetizers you all act like you've been fasting Appetizers are good, but if you eat too much appetizers, it messes you up for the main course. And exactly what takes place in our lives, if you nibble on all kinds of things of the world, it will mess you up for the great blessings that God wants to do in your life. There has to be a shift. There has to be a change in our lives. And the first thing that we have to look at and before we get into to our text is we have to look at tonight is this, is that how do we keep first things first in our lives? And that's really talking about getting back to the basics of your Christianity. The basics of where you started when you were of a babe in Christ. If you all remember when you were a babe in Christ, you were the first one here. 
When you were a, a, a new Christian, you, you wanted to be at every event. There was no ifs or buts. You were calling the church because there was no uh, cell phones back then. You couldn't text the pastor. You couldn't text the church. It was you had to call the office or just show up and say, okay, is there outreach today? When you were a babe in Christ, it was the basics, uh, what you wanted to, to be in life. But we know as you grow and you mature and get stable into normal, normal, there's no change in our lives. We get used to normal, and we stop praying. We stop reading. We, we stop coming early for church. This could happen in our lives, even in this that we're facing. See, online service was an inconvenience to you at first. You didn't know how to log into it. You didn't know what YouTube was, didn't know what Facebook was, didn't know what it was. You were mad. You were yelling every time you saw a little spinning wheel. It was an inconvenience to you because it was a change of life. But as weeks went on, you got the hang of it. As weeks went on, you were able, you had a command on your TV. As weeks went by, you were used to it. You love Sunday morning church at home. Your PJs, uh, machaca burritos, menudo, you loved it. it it's, 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 it's normal for you. You got used to it. Now that the doors are open, we're freaking out. Revelations chapter 2, verse 1 through 7 says these words, To the angel of the church of Ephesus writes, These things say, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labors, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say that they're the apostles and are not. And you have found them liars. And you preserved and have patience. Nevertheless, I have, I, excuse me, I, nevertheless, I have this against you. Look at this. That you have left your first love. Let me read that portion to you one more time. That you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly, remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds, that which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. Jesus is very, very clear in communicating to the church today and saying there is one thing that's got to be first, and that's me. There's one thing above everything else that you do. It should be me. you got to put me first. I've got to be first in your life. I cannot be second. I cannot be thirds. I cannot be fourths. He is saying in the passage that you, that we have to put God,
God first. And the question that I need to ask you this evening today, is God first in your life? Or is it just secondary? Is church first in your life? We got to look at our lives as Jesus is telling this church, I love all the labor that you do. You're busy in the church. You're serving. You're, you're obeying. You're patient. You're doing all of these things. But are you doing it for show? Are you doing it for recognition? Are you doing it for reward? Are you doing it because you love me? I love this scripture. The scripture hits home to many lives. Because have you ever been so busy but never accomplished anything? Have you ever been so busy, exhausted, and then you sit down for the night and say, man, I was so busy. And then you think in your head, what did I accomplish today? And you begin to think, I got nothing done. We just moved recently. And I keep thinking that we have accomplished things. But as I pass by hallways, there's still boxes. It got quiet in here. I don't know if my mic went out, but I don't need a mic. But the fact is, is that our lives, we get busy. And the first thing that we have to look at in this scripture to be able to say, okay, well, how do I keep God first in my life? How do I keep Jesus first in my life? The first thing you have to realize that you got to listen to Jesus. Not to everybody else, not to the news, not to everything else that's out there. Listen to Jesus. Verse 1 says, uh, the one who holds the seven stars uh, in his right hand uh, walks among the seven golden lamps. Uh, he says this. He's saying uh, Jesus is speaking. John is not speaking. Jesus is speaking through the words of this scripture. He is literally saying that you got to listen to me. And when you're busy and you're on the go, it's hard to listen to God. When you're moving and moving and you're doing everything and, you know, things are going crazy. You, you got to go to Cane's and you wait 45 minutes in Cane's. Uh, you're arguing with the kids. You're, you're mad at everybody. You're yelling at the car in front of you. Would you move up a little bit? And you're yelling at the car in the back. You're tailgating me. We're not listening to Jesus. got to listen to Jesus. You say, okay, well, pastor, you, I understand that. And this is difficult for some of us. Some of us, it's difficult to, to really get a handle of listening. Have you ever just tried to talk to somebody and they're always? Have you ever just met those people, you're talking to them and they're just, they're not even looking at you. They're just like, and then, and then you're done and, you're, and they're like, so what happened? Does that ever just make you upset? It's not there on the screen, but Jeremiah 7.26 says, They did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their necks. They did more evil than their fathers as a result. When we stop listening, 
we start sinning. We got to listen to Jesus. We got to listen to his word. We got to pay attention. You see, online presence is good. Online preaching is good. But how many multitask? Don't raise your hand because I don't want to, you know, blow everybody out. But online service and online preaching, you hear that. But how many multitask through all of that? Vacuuming. How do you hear the word of God while you're vacuuming? Say, well, what are some of the ways that I listen to God? Some of you have to devote yourself to some quiet isolation time. Some of you just need to have some quiet alone time. Separate yourself. Tell your, your, if you're married, you tell your spouse, okay, I'm taking a time out. I'm going here to hear from God. I'm going to go and jog and pray. I'm going to listen to some worship music. I need some time. And when I come back, it's your time. If you're single, you got to put your phone away, turn off the TV. You have to put Facebook all down, Instagram, social media. You turn all of those down, and you pay attention. You isolate yourself, and you tune in to God. Second thing that we must learn, don't hide behind a busy Christian life. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're accomplishing everything. Notice what the Ephesus church did. Notice all the details about their activities. We've got to be careful not to hide behind activities. Activities. Just because uh, you're in this ministry, you're in this ministry, you're in that ministry, and you're in this ministry, doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. This is the book of Revelations, isn't it? Jesus is saying, I love all of your hard work. I love everything that you're doing. But there's some priorities in your walk that's not matching what you're doing. See, some of you look a little confused. If I could bring it home a little bit, you could be so busy in doing, in doing, in doing, and we appreciate everything that you do, but if you're not taking care of your marriage, you're neglecting what God gave you. It's very important when we tell people that they want to be in ministry, that you love God, you make sure you make time for your family, your spouse, because we know what ministry could do. It could overwhelm us. And Jesus is saying, I appreciate all the works, everything that you're doing, but you're hiding behind your Christian life. You're hiding behind it. You're not growing. You're not growing in everything that I want you to do. Verse 2 says, I know all the things that you do. I've seen all your hard work, your patience. I see all of that. And he's saying in verse 3, it says, you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. He's saying, I see all the activity, but all these activities can get in the way of the growth that I want to do in your life. For some men, if I could call this out in a way, you can say, well, I'm just so busy in the church. Pastor needs me here. 
I know I should answer the call and pioneer a church, but I'm just so busy and everything. Do you see what that does? It could rob you from the destiny that God wants to do in your life to be able to be used to pioneer a church, to pastor a church. We can hide behind our busy Christianity life. And busyness is not a substitution for intimacy with God. We have to understand that. The church of Ephesus was a powerful church. For 30 years, it had the impact upon their community. The church of Ephesus was, was the major highway there. It was the biggest church. It was the, the primary location. Jesus was saying to them, you have lost focus and what is priority in your life. You see, I have learned that you can be busy in all of the things, so busy, extremely busy, that sometimes you won't even pray. You'll just think by your works, I didn't need to pray today because I just... I just accomplished everything that I needed to do for the church. No, you still got to pray. You still got to read. See, we could hide behind our Christianity walk. We could hide. Prayer comes first. Faithfulness. Question I need to ask you is that have you lost your focus? Have you become so busy with the things that we have lost focus of what should be first in our lives? Uh, has has I mean our intentions are good, but we have lost focus on what God literally wants to do in your life. The third thing that we have to realize, acknowledge that our first love is Jesus Christ. It's not second. It's first. You all remember when you first fell in love with your spouse? Remember when you first fell in love? You did everything. I mean, you talked all night long. Before there was texting, you talked all night long. Everything was, I mean, you woke up thinking about her. You woke up thinking about him. I mean, I mean, you counted the days, you know, you know, for his birthday, anniversary. You had an anniversary for everything. The first anniversary for when you first laid hands, uh, eyes on her. You had an anniversary when you first asked her out. You had an anniversary for the very, I mean, you had an anniversary for everything. You had it all marked down. Because why? That was your first love. Then after a while, it's like, you don't even remember her birthday. When's her anniversary? How long we've been married? Oh, gosh. Christianity can get like that. When we first loved Jesus, I mean, Jesus was everything. You had the, 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 the Jesus is Lord bumper sticker back in the days. Everybody had it. It was the rainbow one. You remember that one? I mean, everybody had that. Everybody knew you were a Christian. I mean, you did everything for Jesus. I mean, Jesus that, Jesus that. You did a presentation at work, and you even said amen after your presentation. Jesus, I mean, Jesus was everything. It's like, uh, you know, I just want to let you know, boss, amen, you know, boss, amen. You know, it's like everything was Jesus. But as time goes on, we have lost our first love. Jesus is not 
honesty in our text, it said Jesus is my first love. Verse 4 says, nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. C.S. Lewis said every Christian would agree that a man's spiritual health is exactly procrastination to his love towards God. Meaning is that sometimes we just procrastinate saying, okay, well, I'll get to you, God. I'll get to you. But do you remember when you first got saved, Jesus was priority in your life? I mean, your boss said, uh, you know what? I need you to stay a couple of minutes. Oh, no, I'm out of here. You want to fire me? Jesus will give me another job. Now it's like, okay. The important is, is what is said is first, literally what Jesus is communicating. He's saying, you have neglected your first love. A counselor said these words. He says, when he was speaking to a group of married people at a seminar, talking to them, one said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and file a divorce. And he said, uh, you know, she just no longer loves me anymore. And the counselor said to, to, to them, and they said, did you fall in love with your wife the moment you saw her? He said, no. We dated for a period of time, and it took a period of time to fall in love with my wife. And he said, okay, you grew in love over periods of time. And he says, that is exactly how it is in a relationship. You grow in time, but the moment that you start neglecting the individual, you begin to become distance in that relationship. And the same with God. In time, you became more and more and more and more and more in love with God because you realize the more you gave God, the more God gave back to you. But it gets so easy when we get comfortable in our walk with God, you start neglecting prayer, reading, you start neglecting church. You realize, you know what, I don't need to go to two services on Sunday. I heard the message once already. Don't need to hear it, and there's nothing wrong with you. Only go to one. But when you were first in, saved with God, you're like, man, that was a good message. I need to hear it just one more time. I don't know. This might come out different. In our relationship with God, when you create a, a distance from God, when you create a neglecting portion of your life towards God, your love becomes distance. You know what begins to happen is you begin to have a long-distance relationship with God. Long-distance relationships are horrible. The fact is, is that Jesus is telling him, he's telling this church, you've neglected your first love. Now remember, I said at the beginning, he loved this church. This was a booming church. This was a, a church that was doing everything. It was, it, was, it was happening, but it was happening so much that the people began to just put so much work and effort in just trying to produce that they lost the first love for God. And we know how it is being exhausted. You're not really praying. You may be praying. You're like, oh, I went to prayer. I was praying. 
We're not praying. You're reading the word and Jesus. Your your prayer alert goes off for your four o'clock, your five o'clock, seven o'clock. You snooze it. You just give thumbs up just to, to let Pastor, you know, Danny know and myself know that you read it. I'm like, okay, I'm up, all right. But when the first prayer, when the first went out, oh man, we were praying. I mean, we let everybody in our neighborhood know we were on the prayer chain. The fourth thing that we realize, take some, some steps to return to your first love for Christ. And this is what we see in verse 5 and verse 6. What are those steps? What are those steps for us to return to our first love of Jesus Christ? What are those steps? Uh, The first thing that he says in verse 5, he says, remember. Remember why? Remember what it was like when you first fell in love with me. Remember what it was uh, when you had an intimate time with me. Remember those times when you were in need and you cried out to me. Uh, He is literally saying in verse 5, remember those times uh, when you first fell in love with me. I was first. You prayed for everything. You seeked God for everything. And I want you to understand, if you want to go back to that first love, remember what God did for you when you gave your life to Jesus. When he delivered you from drugs, when he delivered you from alcohol, you say, God, those were the moments. Those were the times. Remember the time when you first had the first love with God. That's what he's telling them. Jesus is saying, remember back in the days. Then he says, in verse 5 and 6, he says, repent. He says, repent. He says, repent. That's the next step. Repent from from what has caused you to fall in eight times uh, in the book of Revelations. Uh, In Revelation chapter 2 and in chapter 3, Jesus calls out the church uh, eight times. He tells them to repent eight times in chapter 2 and chapter 3. Eight times. Repent. Do you imagine how offended this church probably got? Repent, repent, repent. I mean, how many are offended right now with this, this series? You're like, oh, man, I was excited to book about the revelation, but now you're, you're stepping on my toes. What do you typically repent from? Your sins, your old nature. See, when you're in idle time, And when you neglect God's first love, you know what the devil does to you? He tempts you with your old sin. He tempts you with temptation. He tempts you with those things. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, repent, repent, repent. Uh, And there is just some things in our lives that some of us come to church uh, and we neglect. uh, We neglect certain things. Right now, we know that our altar call is not open. We understand that. We understand that our altar is not there, but do you know that you can make altar call right there in your chair, right where you're standing, right where you're sitting? You see, you have to adapt to the change. You can't say, well, there's no altar call. I'm not going to go ahead and repent. You know, I just, I just feel so better when, I, when it's open up here. 
I guarantee you, when this is open, you'll find an excuse. It's too crowded up there. Then he says, he says, repeat. He says, repeat. Repeat it. Repeat it. Remember. Not only only remember, not only repent, but he says, repeat. Repeat what kept you falling in love. Repeat it. Just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. I remember years ago as the band makes their way up, I remember years ago when we were praying for a special need in our family for our daughter. And you know what I would always go back to? I would go back to these three steps. Remember what God did before. If he could heal you, he could heal her. And then I would always remember when I would ask God for healing in my life, a minister always told me, if you want to be healed, always repent for certain things in your life. Repent. Repent for, for anything. Just look and say, God, examine my heart. And then, you know what else I would learn? I would repeat. Repeat a prayer. Repeat God's love. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And I want you to understand as you begin, look here in verse 7. He is saying in verse 7, He who has, has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, uh, which is the paradise of God. Uh, I'm telling you right now, church, uh, eternal paradise awaits uh, for those that love Jesus Christ. Uh, eternal paradise awaits uh, for those that say, God, uh, if you can use anything, you can use me. Eternity, uh, uh, paradise waits for you when you say God uh, deliver me from these sins uh, deliver me from uh, all of these things that's holding me back uh, I'm here today to tell you uh, that God is calling you that God is reaching out to you he is saying uh, repent of your sins uh, repent of them uh, come to your first love uh, and I don't know who I'm speaking to the, this evening uh, but God is saying uh, you have left your first love uh, you have left it uh, and I'm calling to you right now that you come to me uh, that you will cry to me just like you did uh, when you first gave your life to me repentance leads to you know what when you repent you know what it does it leads to change that's what it does it leads to a significant life I want to ask you a question, those of you that are watching online and those of you that are here. Have you left your first love? Have you become so busy where you have neglected Jesus? You see, if you're like me, when you hear about a car chase, You watch it from the beginning to the end 
no matter what time it is at night. And you know what you have just done? You wasted two hours of a cop chasing someone just, just had nothing to do. And if I could say this, some of us have tuned into the news hour after hour after hour after hour after hour after hour and you begin to look and say oh no it's five o'clock already I've done nothing would you stand to your feet and maybe you're here or you're watching online And maybe you say, you know what, Pastor? I left my first love. I have some sins in my life that I need to get rid of. There's some things I walked away from God. You're not here by accident, and you're not here by coincidence, and you're not just on our social media platform for whatever reason. God drew you to that. And you have an opportunity this evening to repent of those sins. You have an opportunity to repent and say, okay, God, here it is. I'm going to be honest. I want to change in my life, and I need to change the way that I'm walking, the way that I'm thinking. Uh, there are certain things in my life that's holding me back from doing what I'm supposed to do. So right now, you have the opportunity to say, God, I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to ask for forgiveness, uh, and I'm going to allow you to change me from the inside out, uh, and you have that opportunity right now, wherever you may be. This is what I want to do. Uh, I want to do it corporately. I want everybody uh, in the room, everybody that is watching, uh, we are going to say the prayer out loud, and we're going to ask God to forgive us. We're going to ask God uh, to come into our lives. Uh, we're going to say, God, uh, I want you first in my life, not second, not thirds, uh, not even fourths, God, but you're going to be priority in my life. You're going to be first in my life. Uh, right now, this is what we're going to say. Say, Jesus, I come before you. I ask you to forgive me. If I have put you second, forgive me. You are first in my life. I ask that I will return to my first love with your help, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen today.